You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati marhaban bikum fi al-hawar al-siniy al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is China Africa Talk, your weekly program to views and discussions about what's happening between China and Africa from a Chinese and African perspective. I'm your host Bridget Mutambira joining you from the Chinese capital here in Beijing. Here's hoping you can hear us loud and clear from wherever you are joining us. Now just a background on today's discussion. A group of journalists from 25 African countries are currently visiting China as part of a program by the China International Press Communications Center. During their four-month stay, they traveled across China and learned among other things agriculture, transportation, infrastructure and technology. Today online I have Fahia Siririka, a Namibian journalist, and Francis Imukule from Uganda. The two unraveled their experiences and impressions on the development of China's passenger transport networks and perhaps how it can be applied to their countries. Francis, great to have you on China Africa Talk. Thank you. And Bahia, this is your second time on the program. Thanks for joining us. Yes, feels good to be back home. Now you guys are on a 4-month long media program that was organized by the China International Press Communication Center. Could you briefly tell the listeners how you got here from your respective countries and perhaps how long it took begin with Francis? Okay, thanks for this opportunity. I hope I become familiar as well here. Anytime. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I think it took me from where I live, a place called Intinda, This is to in... Entebbe Airport. Okay. It takes about two hours by the main road without using the express, mm-hmm. the Entebbe Express Highway. Mm-hmm. By Express Highway, we were, we took about an hour, which we which which option we opted for. It took me like an hour to get to the airport, mm. and then after that we set off to Addis Ababa. All Addis Ababa right. is like a two hours from Uganda. Okay. Where I got a transfer flight to Beijing. Mm-hmm. So from Addis Ababa to Beijing is about nine hours. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So I was in, in the air for about nine hours. We arrived here. Of course, it turns out that coincidentally, majority of us were on the same plane. PJ oh. was on the same plane mm. and other people. Oh. But we did, we knew we knew a few. I got, I only got to speak to a few. But yeah. We got here at about nine mm-hmm. at night, yeah, and then we were escorted into our apartments, and that's how I got here. PJ, you were on the same flight yeah. with Francis, and he was coming from Uganda. Do you mind telling the guests where you were coming from and how long it took you to get here to China? Yeah, um, I came from Namibia, that's in the southwestern part of Africa, way down south. Mm-hmm. And Francis' story is no different from mine. Uh, as a matter of fact, the CEO was like, there is a project happening in China, and the embassy would like a uh, journalist from New Era publication. Mm. We think you are one of the suitable candidates for this excursion, mm. uh, sort of a tour, familiarization, or media training. Would you be interested in it? So I was like. And he said, uh, "You know, I'm going to give you five minutes to respond to this because the embassy needs an answer. Mm. It's short, uh, no, it's last minute thing, but please give us mm. an answer within a minute." I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I want." <laughs> so, the flight from Vintuk to Addis Ababa is around about four hours. As a matter of fact, the airport in Namibia is also outside of the capital city, which yep. is around about 35 kilometers mm. or 37 kilometers, and that's about 
a thirty a twenty five to thirty minute drive. Mm. So it's not like things in in Uganda. Mm. But it was a short one, so it's mm. a thirty-minute drive to the airport, and then um, from the Hosea Kutaku International Airport to the one in Addis Ababa is four and a half hours, mm. and then from Addis Ababa to Beijing, it's the nine to ten hours that Francis was talking about. Mm. I am not a fan of flying. I mm. hate flying. I have a phobia for flying. Mm. But life is life, and job is job. Mm. And here you are. Yeah, I am. Okay, all right. Now I understand your group visited several regions in China. What means of transport have you used during your trips here? Here in China, we have visited,、uh, I think, more than ten provinces, a lot of cities, and we have used various forms of transportation, ranging from air、mm-hmm. to bullet trains to buses and all of that. I think the most convenient way, as a person who have Uh, aviophobia, and I actually told Francis that I have a fear of flying. I think bullet trains are the future. I love bullet trains.、Mm. You know, the moment we get an itinerary of exactly what we are going to do and in which province, and then I get an air ticket, I'm like, why? Why, why are we why? flying? Let's just、why、do the bullet train. Bullet yes. Train? <laughs> yeah.、Uh, but、uh, the transportation system is, is is quite amazing. It's versatile. It caters to everyone.、Mm-hmm. Uh, costs are quite reasonable. Okay, and how about Francis? How was it for you? You traveled together. Which was your favorite mode of transport, and why? Was it like Bahia? He says he enjoyed the bullet train. What was it like well, for you? I think I shared the same sentiment with Bahia. Oh, okay. Why? You know, in Uganda,、mm. I've only used a train once. Okay, and the train system in Uganda is still the meter gauge railway system.、Mm, mm-hmm. So you move in the train, and you sort of like still feel like the the, the vibration the from where you see、mm, like... a rail line.、Mm. But then what fascinated me a lot with the the high speed train is that you, you don't feel the movement, the any vibration coming、mm, down from the、mm, rail line, but、mm. instead you feel the glide.、Mm. To me, that I felt like when the engineers that were building this infrastructure、mm-hmm. were more like trying to. Focus more on comfort and speed. Any day I'll go with a train. Any day, any day. It's comfortable. There's legroom.、Mm. It's just amazing.、Mm. Just a few days ago, your group visited the China railways and explored the railway system. And you also learned about the bullet train. What do you think about the high-speed bullet train technology in China? First of all, I've always wondered where is the person running the train? Where do they、mm. sit? Mm-hmm. And then I came to the realization that the bullet trains actually have a driverless system. For example, there's one I read about during the Beijing 2020 Winter Olympics and Paralympics Games,、mm-hmm. whereby the, the train that was connecting from Beijing and Zhangjiakou in the northern Hebei province,、okay. they were installed with 5G touchscreen control panels,、mm. intelligent lighting. A number of safety sensors were all put in this train,、mm. as well as facial recognition technology、mm-hmm. and robots that were used in stations to assist travelers with navigation、right. and luggage checking. You can imagine、right. that level of attention to detail and technological advancement. For me, I feel like in、wow. another world, in,、yeah. in, in the future to come, I feel like bullet trains are going to be the thing.、Mm. The first thing that I noticed、mm. apart. From this technological advancement is the train conductor. Okay, they are so passionate about the railway system. Okay, we were having a conversation with、uh, one of the train conductors through an interpreter, obviously, and、mm-hmm. he went. He is attending school literally just to specialize in the railway transportation industry.、Mm. He's so passionate about it. 
And one of the key things that he said is he wants to ensure that travelers experience a smooth journey to their destination. The technology is very assuring in terms mm. of it being tested over and over again right. because mm. we were exposed to a lot of prototypes. Okay. And this reflected on the real situations on the ground because mm. we were asking questions. So what right. happens when it crashes? Like, yes. What happens when this happens? What happens when this happens? And mm. we're asking all of these questions. And like everything yeah. is being tested over and over again to ensure comfortability and safety. And that is a priority. When you visited the China Railways, probably let us in on what some of the responses were to the questions that were asked by other colleagues from the team. Some of the questions that were asked is the capacity that some of the trains hold. For okay. example, I remember, I think, Francis, the, 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 the train that we took when we went to Tian, that bullet train accommodates 500 passengers. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, there were questions around, you know, the, the transportation underground. Okay. See, this is another thing That's about another China. Thing. Mm. There is a whole world on the ground and there's a whole world underground Mm. just uh, when you are talking about transportation Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of 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 questions about safety and you know when there's a fire underground tunnels and all of this stuff but i'm sure i'm sure francis uh, could remember some of the questions that were asked by our colleagues there were plenty we were intrigued Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think one of the questions that that was also mostly raised was about how much um the high-speed train industry or sector in particular mm-hmm. rocks in maybe yearly or maybe yeah. monthly. Mm, because okay. right. if you realize, I had a chance to travel to because uh, uh, I I wanted to see a certain part place in um, Changsha. Okay. And uh, I had to pay 750 yuan for a one-way ticket. It's quite pricey. So most of us were curious to know how much on a daily, maybe monthly, do you make, was made. Mm-hmm. Do you make or yearly do you make? Or if anything, is this one of the most revenue generators mm. in terms of transport system mm-hmm. in, in the country? Because it's desired. Every time you go into, for example, I'm glad that I managed to go through the process of trying to, to, to get a ticket to Changsha because I went through the TDS process. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, PJ say like PJ says we are given VIP treatment. You mm-hmm. don't even know how the ticket is booked. All you're told is to show up. Mm-hmm. So now yes. I, will ha- I had the opportunity to sh- go through the process of you know you go get the ticket. Mm-hmm. When you get the ticket, be at the train station at a particular time. After that, go to what they call a waiting room. Mm-hmm. A waiting room has a number. Mm-hmm. Then you and go Francis has the experience of missing his train. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I miss my train. And we kept wondering how much money is made on a daily from these trains. And, you know, mm-hmm. coming to your home countries, let's start with Pahia. Pahia, you from Namibia. How does the railway network in your country work and how different is it from China's? Yeah. Oh, it's totally different. I don't want to be the <laughs> messenger of bad news. Um, Namibia almost has a non-existent railway system. There are talks of liquidating Transnamib, which is uh, the company in charge of uh, the railway industry in the country. Mm-hmm. Transnamib's railway system is linked to Transnet in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And it stretches from South Africa to northern parts of Angola, for mm-hmm. an example. Mm-hmm. 
And also we have, I mean, Namibia is so rich. We have the Atlantic Ocean. So we have a port and mm. these are some of the very important stuff that landlocked countries don't have privileges to. Mm. So when you are talking about the Namibia railway system beyond that, mm. uh, we are connected via the Transcaprivi, which is in Namibia, mm. Transconene Angola, Transkalahari, mm. which is heading to Botswana. And this in turn connects to all SADC region. Mm. Yet you have a country that has almost a non-existing uh, railway system. Mm. Uh, Namibia, I've been on a rail uh, on a train probably twice back home, and this was the perks that I got as a journalist because mm. we were given an hour tour on a train just to enjoy what this company was offering in terms of perks. If you want to travel via uh, you know economy or class, this is what you are capable of getting. Uh, you know, of getting whether it's a free drink, whether it's a, a space for tall people like mm. Francis. So uh, these are just some of the perks that I got exposed to. But mm. the system itself is quite cumbersome. And uh, what it's mostly being used for right now is just to transport machinery, okay. whether it is coal, whether it is heavy equipment. Okay. Uh, I honestly doubt if Namibians are using the railway system because it's almost non-existent. Okay. And it, it's actually a certain unfortunate thing, but uh, it, it, uh, it can still be revived. Mm. Namibia almost... Again, does not have an aviation industry. Our mm. airline, National Air Carrier, got liquidated. Mm. Um, so uh, these are just things that need to be re-looked in terms of transportation. Because when you are talking about the Belt and Road Initiative, you talk mm. about infrastructure, mm. the building of roads, mm. the building of railways, mm. the, the mm. fixing of the airspaces. Because right. countries are very rich. Right. There are certain kilometers above the air that countries are entitled to it, right. they should use that. Why not aviation? Why not railway? The moment we realize it, the better, because we could be making way more than we're making right now if we fix these types of uh, transportation issues. Is it the same situation for you, Francis? How is the transport network system in your country? It is a very unfair comparison because it's too, too different. Well, to start with, um, the railway system in Uganda is still hinged on the meter gauge railway system, okay. which was constructed during the colonial times. Right. And it is very, very slow, you know. Until recently, it was being used for transportation of goods from Uganda to Kenya, Uganda mm. to Tanzania, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we've been able to have like a few carriers that right now carry commuters from a, a place called Mukono, which is uh, in the eastern part of Kampala, okay. uh, called between Mukono and Kampala. So a lot of people dwellers in these areas you know use the train Mm -hmm. because it is cheap first of all though it is slow but then the advantage is there's no traffic Mm. so a lot of people are trying to use it uh, here and there but not many Kampalans or Ugandans actually Mm. would choose to use a train Mm. many would just use it to just find the experience maybe post about it on social media Mm. or do inform people about me today I took a a train and this is how it felt Mm. Ugandans are beginning to embrace slowly, mm. but still, it is a, it's not the, the most convenient means of transport, especially when you're trying to get somewhere, which is not the case with uh, with China. Mm. Where you have the high-speed train, and even then, even if you use the green train, it's still it, it's it's kilometer its mileage is a bit higher than um, what it is in Uganda. Mm. Uh, again, our train system covers about one thousand two hundred and sixty-six kilometers, which is mm. still very very small compared to China. Mm. Mm-hmm. And of course, the service deliver as well. The ticketing system, for example, is so smooth here. It's technologically advanced. You can mm. book a ticket uh-huh. on your phone. But yes. you have to queue in Uganda. You have to queue to get a ticket. Mm. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. I feel like it's a growing process. It's mm-hmm. something that we need to take in slowly by slowly. Pro- hopefully, when the standard gauge railway is put in place, things will change. But yeah, that's where we are right now. You know, as far as the, the railway system railway is concerned. But 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 I'm glad about uh, you because the railway system in Uganda is under Uganda Corpor- Railway Corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's under the Transportation Ministry, and I feel like that they're, try- they're trying to do a good job because this did not exist uh, ten years ago, but now it's there. At least people, are, some people, are taking trains and getting to their destinations mm-hmm. safely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just to quickly, yeah. Sure. Uh, just to quickly jump in there. I'm sorry, Francis. Um, sure. um, the the duration when it comes to to flying and and um, traveling via train is has also been a little bit cumbersome in Namibia. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, flying is not a, an issue because mm-hmm. the longest flight that you will be in when you're traveling in Namibia is 45 minutes to mm-hmm. an hour. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, you know. Uh, that's the duration that you'll be in the mm. air. But if you're traveling by uh, our very old, modern fashion train, it will be way more than that. Mm. So that's a little bit tiring. And I think people don't really have the time yes. uh, to do that. I may have a a, a meeting in the Haidan district, for an example, mm. and I do not have uh, six hours. I need to be there within the next hour. Right. So the Chinese system is really designed convenience and speed yes. and comfort mm. which helps so much are there any railway projects that are currently between china and uganda okay well i think i would love to start with uh you know the one that we first had with china okay and that was in 2015 uh, where uganda signed an engineering procurement and construction contract with a chinese company named check they were tasked with developing the standard gauge railway project this project was supposed to you know use international standards rather than the, you know the narrower gauge sometimes mm-hmm. if this was to be completed it was expected to ease transportation of goods between Uganda Kenya and Tanzania right you know and unfortunately that that did not come to life okay recently they've tried to work out means to find ways of resuscitating the project because it is told okay. they started the project but again it's told after some time okay. but that's not to say that there's not really any 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 railway project that is ongoing right now just recently i think last month mm-hmm. the government of uganda signed uh, uh, about 53.2 million dollar deal okay. with china road and bridge corporation to continue the rehabilitation work on tororo gulu metro gauge okay. railway line Okay. Yeah, so this line links the east and northern part of the country to Kenya. Okay. Uh, that's Mombasa. Mm-hmm. So the project, uh, uh, that particular rehabilitation, uh, they will be covering uh, a distance of 375 kilometers and to include rehabilitation of the railway network and the construction of the railway structures, including bridges. At the end of it all, it is expected that, because uh, Gulu is a logistics hub. Okay. Yeah. And over time, as way back, it has been really difficult to transport goods from Gulu to the central to to Kampala or from Gulu to Mombasa. Okay. So this will, is expected to help uh, reduce the cost of transportation uh, that uh, the Uganda Revenue Railway Corporation has been incurring okay. before the rehabilitation. I'm also going to just quickly ask Pahia the same question: Are there any railway projects that are currently underway? 
between China and Namibia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was listening to Francis, mm-hmm. and it seems like Francis has been in Namibia Vintuk because mm-hmm. what he's explaining <laughs> is exactly the same stuff that's happening in Namibia when it comes to the rehabilitation of the railway system. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, there is a Gen uh, Hoba. It's a group. A Chinese uh, group that uh, is in charge of rehabilitating the railway line in Namibia between Walvers Bay, which is a harbor town, and Arandas, which is a mining um, area. Mm. And this is a 110 kilometer long stretch that was completed in January okay. this year. Okay. There's a lot of rehabilitation happening that the Chinese government is aiding. Mm. And the funds from this were from the Namibian government as well as the development uh, bank okay. as well. The Yeah, the development bank, okay. African Development Bank. Um, so th- there's a lot of assistance from the Chinese government in terms of infrastructure. I think they are very big on infrastructure because that's the foundation of development. It's the foundation of making people's lives easier. Mm. It is the foundation of ensuring um, easy access to needs. And what Francis mentioned is very important when you are having um, uh, very strong points that a country is rich in. We need to realize it now. Mm. The main reason why... China is fixing this is because they realize that there's potential in these countries. Mm. Yeah. Moving forward, how do you weigh the possibility of China's rail and transport systems being applied to your countries? I know these are different countries in different regions. From what you gathered, from what you've learned, what could be done? What I've learned in the four months I've been here is you have to learn from the countries that are doing it well mm-hmm. and then implement it based on your capability, the history of your people, and your uniqueness as a nation. We cannot install, we cannot have the same type of infrastructure in terms of railway Mm -hmm. in in, in, in Uganda, in terms of high-speed railway in Uganda, but we can establish similar means of transport that fit the needs of our people. Okay, for example? Like, for example, right now, I think that we could start with a green train, which I see in China, because 15 years ago, China was using the green train. Mm -hmm. And right now that where her people are able to pay for these things, they're now going to the Mm -hmm. high-speed railway. Mm -hmm. So we have to start somewhere, and that is by focusing on things that will enable our people consume the products that we put up as a country, Mm -hmm. and also enable them to use these things by putting up like affordable prices. So Mm -hmm. the infrastructure must determine the ability of consum- the consumability of the people. We cannot, for example, you can't just wake up one morning and say, okay, Uganda is building a high-speed railway train. Sure. Who is going to afford the 750 yuan, which is like an equivalent of 300,000 Ugandan shillings, mm. to move from Kampala to Gulu? Mm. So what I'm saying is that uh, my country needs to focus on building infrastructure like railway trains that can be easily afforded by our nations, nationals, which is like now the train that is being used by the people from Mukono to Kampala, it's affordable. Mm. So I think we need to do more of such, but improved ones like the standard gauge railway. But here, what do you think, uh, how do you weigh the possibility of China's rail and transport systems being applied to your country? It's doable. Namibia has a population of 2.5 million people. Mm. Um, the most chorus that's sung all over the world that I really don't like is people doubting the population of countries when it comes to offering services mm. and, uh, and needs. There is this notion that, oh, Namibia has a population of 2.6 million people Mm. uh, of that portion. How many people are going to use the railway system? Mm. But as much as development is core 
when it comes to people, mm-hmm. it's also important to realize that there are other things that may use that service. When mm-hmm. it comes to the transportation industry, specifically mm-hmm. the railway system, mm-hmm. locomotives can be used to transport goods. Sure. Namibia is rich in natural resources. Mm-hmm. We have harbour towns, we have coastal areas, we have areas that really specialize in uh, in mining stuff. And not a normal car or truck can transport that. You can mm-hmm. use trains for that. It's still a very lucrative industry. Mm-hmm. Like Francis said, the China uh, approach is doable because they've done it. Mm-hmm. Just take it and twitch it according to how your country can accommodate. Mm-hmm. Let's revive the Namibian railway system. Mm-hmm. Let's use the Namibia railway system to make money. Mm-hmm. Simple transportation mechanisms put in place. We get locomotives. We fix the, the railway lines. We enhance it in terms of technology and we test it. We mm. test it, we see if it works, if it doesn't work, we consult and we, we keep on testing it because it was in existence before mm. it worked. Mm. What happened? Mm. So we, we, we need to 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 robustly address these things. Transportation mm. in terms of the railway system, I think it's the most uh, convenient way. And maybe it needs to go back to the drawing board and, and fix that. Francis and Bahia, thank you so much for your insights and sharing what you learned and what you observed and also sharing the areas where you feel that these observations could be applied in your countries. Thank you for your time and good luck. Thank you for having us, Bridget. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.